This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. What's up, guys? You are listening to the Motherhood Unstressed podcast, and I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am so glad that you're here and that we're spending some time together this morning or whenever you're listening to this. Um, And I'm absolutely thrilled to share the work of my guest with you today. Her name is Ariel Garten. She's a neuroscientist, innovator, and entrepreneur. And in this episode, we discuss what neuroscience reveals about the brain and body benefits of meditation. We also talk to you about how to teach your kids to meditate, how to help them self-regulate their emotions. And thinking back, I wish I would have known this growing up. It would have completely changed my adolescent experience, or at least given me that space to make really good decisions and to not feel overwhelmed. And to have this information, to be able to pass it on to my kids is everything. And so I'm just so grateful for what she's sharing with you today and how you can do that in your own life. And lastly, we have to talk about perfectionism and the inner critic and how to navigate that and actually use that element of of critique that we all have, especially as women, to to use it as a source for good, as a a power source. Um, So I think you're really going to get a lot out of this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. And without further ado, here is my conversation with Ariel Garten. This episode is brought to you by Faherty. Faherty is a high-quality, authentic clothing line created by two brothers, Alex and Mike. And not only are they brothers, they're actually twins. And they took their passion for clothing and fashion and also business and melded it together into this beautiful concept. And I was watching an interview with one of the founders and he said, you know, the people are tired of the same old stores and the same old models. Um, And yes, they have their own flagship stores in California, in New York, in Massachusetts, but luckily for us, we can order it from anywhere. And if you use the code Motherhood Unstressed, you will get 25% off your next order. So if you're someone who's interested in high quality investment pieces, this is definitely a company you wanna check out. And not only are they committed to their customers, they're committed to the earth. So they're doing fashion the right way. And if you are someone who cares about the earth, who cares about the quality of clothes that you're putting on, this is one company you're definitely gonna wanna check out. Hello, Ariel. Welcome to the show. I am so glad that you're here. I am so excited to dive into all of the all things neuroscience. Uh, we could have recorded what we just were talking about. It was so interesting. So welcome to the show. Thank you, Lizzie. It is a joy and a pleasure to be here. Yeah. So I always love to give my audience a little bit of background about the guests. So why don't you take us through how you got started and how it led you to the work that you're doing now? So starting at the very beginning, I was one of those incredibly curious children. And now that I have a child, I can, I can absolutely see him reflected in me. I was always curious about how the way that things worked and I was always making stuff. And I became very fascinated by the brain and how it works. And I was also fascinated by the self and how we express ourselves in clothing. So on one side in my teenage years, I started a clothing line and then 
uh, in my 20s, I actually had a clothing store and sold my line across North America. And then I also went to school for neuroscience and then pursued a ultimate career of understanding the brain and how it works and how we, through the understanding of the brain, we can improve our lives. And that led me to work in a research lab with a fellow called uh, Dr. Steve Mann. He was a professor at the University of Toronto, and he was the inventor of the wearable computer. And he had an early brain-computer interface system that he was using. So it'd be a single electrode that you put on your skin, on your head, and by shifting your brain state, focusing or relaxing, it let you control stuff with your mind, as crazy as it sounds. And ultimately, I stood back and said, this is unbelievable. Like, we can literally make the interior process audible. We can like make sense of what's going on inside the brain in this fantastic way. And it led me to create this device Muse, which is a brain sensing headband that gives you real-time feedback on your meditation. Wow. That's incredible. So what were some of the things when you say you can control things like what, like your heart rate or I don't know, can you move a spoon? Like, what are we talking about here? <laughs> so with the early technology, it was, it was actually about trying to uh, use shifts in brain state, your focus and your relaxation to change sound. So as you would relax, we could make the audio lower. As you would focus, the audio could get louder or uh, higher in pitch. And because we found we had this way to reflect what was going on in your brain when you were focused and when you were relaxed and actually let you hear what was going on in your mind, this then turned into the technology behind Muse. And we realized it wasn't about trying to control like sounds or light. It was actually about being able to give you an insight into what was happening in your own brain. And that we could do that in this very simple way, let you hear when you were focused and let you hear when you were relaxed. So does Muse give you like uh, audio feedback? It's like you are relaxing now or you've reached this level or is it just on your smartphone or take us through that process? Because it's, I mean, it's fascinating. Sure. So what Muse does is it gives you real-time feedback on your meditation um, through sensors that track your brain, your heart, your breath, and your movement. And so in the experience, you're actually able to hear the sound of your own mind while you meditate and it lets you know when you're focused and when your mind is wandering. So it's a basic focused attention meditation. You put your attention on your breath. And when you do, you hear sounds that are gentle and quiet. And as your mind begins to wander away from your breath and you start getting caught up in thoughts, the sounds get louder and stormier. And so it's this very simple metaphor. Your mind is like the weather. When you're thinking and distracted, you hear it as stormy. And as you come to quiet, focused attention, it quiets the it's the storm. So it's really giving you real-time feedback on your meditation practice because there's, you know, no little guru sitting inside your brain letting you know if you're doing it right. And so we recognized we could build a tool that could help you do that. Well, and that's, I think that is the main thing with people who want to meditate, who want to get into a practice, they're stressed out or they just want to feel healthier and they're not sure if what they're doing is right. You know, even if they're sitting there for 10 minutes or, or even three minutes, you're like, well, I guess I feel okay, but I don't, there's no real way to quantify it. So this is, this is incredible. Um, but talk to us more about the neuroscience behind meditation. Why is meditation such a big thing these days? Why is it important that we all do it? This episode is brought to you by Haya Health. Typical children's vitamins are basically candy in disguise filled with two teaspoons of sugar, 
unhealthy chemicals, and other gummy junk growing kids should never eat. This is why Hyatt was created. The pediatrician-approved superpower chewable vitamin created by two dads tired of children's vitamins that cause more problems than they solve, Hyatt is bringing a whole new world of health and nutrition to our children and just in the nick of time. Because if you look at all the different vitamins out there, you know what I'm talking about. They are literally covered in sugar and your kids eat them and you have to wonder, are they getting any kind of real benefit? And we have worked out an exclusive offer with Hyatt Health for their best-selling children's vitamin. This is just for Motherhood Unstressed podcast listeners. You receive 50% off your first order. That's 5-0. To claim this deal, though, you must go to HyattHealth.com forward slash unstressed or enter the code unstressed at checkout. That's H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash unstressed and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Full discount is applied at checkout. So meditation has been uh, demonstrated in now thousands of journal articles to have tremendous impact in our mind, in our body, in our relationships, in our emotional self-regulation, and in our health. And it's quite astonishing that this is a very, very simple action, putting your attention on your breath, noticing when your mind is wandering, and then choosing to bring your attention back to your breath. This very, very simple action can have some really profound impact in our mind and in our life. So when you're meditating, what you're doing is you are engaging your prefrontal cortex. The prefrontal cortex is the part of the brain. It's kind of like the parent. It's a part of the brain that's responsible for planning, organizing your attention, what you pay attention to, and your inhibiting of actions that you shouldn't be doing. So kids have a very underdeveloped prefrontal cortex. That's why three-year-olds throw tantrums and are unable to listen and inhibit their action. Um, adults hopefully have well-developed prefrontal cortices and we're better at inhibition, but this is something that can be trained. So in meditation, you kind of have a dance between two parts of the brain. One is the prefrontal cortex, the other is the amygdala. So the amygdala is the part of your brain that's constantly scanning for danger. It's the part that is looking for things in your environment that could be dangerous or that it perceives could be dangerous, and then sending danger signals through your mind and your body. And in your body, that manifests as anxiety. So, you know, the, the sensation of, oh, is there something wrong? Um, you know, that sort of vulnerable feeling, the beating heart, et cetera. I won't go into it because we all know it so well. Um, and in your mind, that generates as thoughts about the thing that's problematic. So there's, these thoughts are often repetitive. They're often worries because your brain just wants to present this information over and over and over and over and over to make sure you didn't miss it. Now, it's great that we have a warning system in our, in our brain called the amygdala. It's fantastic. But typically, it's working on hyperdrive. And it's warning us over and over and over again about things that don't really matter and don't really need our attention right at this moment. You know, it might say, ah, we're stuck in traffic. And then for 45 minutes, continually say, ah, we're stuck in traffic and give you all sorts of thoughts about why traffic is terrible and this is going to be awful and sensations in your body. When really, you're just stuck in traffic. It's okay. There's nothing you can do about it put on a podcast, enjoy it, done. Um, so when we meditate, part of what happens is that your prefrontal cortex gets better at being able to regulate the amygdala. So if the amygdala is the three-year-old that's throwing the temper tantrum because it doesn't know how to you know, decipher a shadow on the wall from a monster and it's making a big deal about it, the prefrontal cortex is the one that can step in and say, hey, it's just a shadow, it's okay. Amygdala, shh, calm down, it's all good. And you can see in people who have a long-term meditation 
practice, they can actually have thicker prefrontal cortexes and smaller, less active amygdalas and increased numbers of projections between the prefrontal cortex and the amygdala, demonstrating the prefrontal cortex's ability to control it, the parent's ability to control the child. Yeah. And how long would you have to have a meditation practice for those physiological changes to take place? So in one study by Dr. Sarah Lazar at Harvard, she was able to show that just an eight-week course of mindfulness meditation was able to improve the density of gray matter within within the brain. So that's the number of connections within the brain. So, you know, doing it once is is not going to make tremendous change in your brain. Doing it for several months on end is going to start to create changes and doing it over and over and over again, um, you know, really solidifies and enhances those changes over time. Yeah, I love that. It is so freeing. And, And I love how part of your work is about freeing the mind and being free in your mind. Can you talk to us a little bit about that and what you meant by that? Sure. So... We are all amazing, capable, wonderful creatures, brilliant humans, but we constantly have these voices in our head that tell us that we're not. We constantly have this voice in our head that says, that wasn't good enough, and your hair probably looks stupid, and you shouldn't wear that, and you know somebody's going to be mad because you forgot to put the laundry back in the right way, and, 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 and. And we both generate and tolerate and actually exacerbate often this dialogue inside our head that really traps and tortures us for not a great reason. And the ability to be free in your own mind is to recognize that you can have a choice in the contents of your own mind. That you can say, hey, you know, this thought is looping back over and over and over again. And you know what? I don't need to play this record. You know what? I can take my mind off of that thought and put it on something neutral. I can choose the contents of my own mind and I can choose to be kind to myself inside my own mind. I don't need to berate myself over and over again in order to get things done or, or learn and grow. You know, I can recognize and accept that I am this capable, beautiful, amazing human. And I can have a choice about what I tell myself about me. Mm, That's huge. Why do you think humans, especially women are so naturally hard on themselves. I mean, I didn't realize how negative my internal voice was until I started meditating probably about 10, 12 years ago. And then I was sitting there and I was like, holy crap, like what? Like I I never even recognized that until I got quiet. But why do you think our tendency is to go there? I mean, it's so detrimental. Isn't it crazy how negative we are to ourselves? We're just gonna, I'm going to do, I'm going to answer your question in a second. And thank you for that, for that share. But I want to take us through a quick little thought experiment. Think of one thing that your inner critic told you today. So that voice in your head, it's called the inner critic. And for me, I'll just take my hair looks stupid because it's always telling me that. Um, I have incredibly long hair and I feel it's usually messy. Um, and so I want you to think of one thing that your inner critic told you. And Now, when you have that, imagine yourself walking down the street with your best friend and imagine a stranger walking up to your best friend and telling them that thing that your inner critic told you. So that would be a stranger walking up to my best friend and saying, your hair looks stupid. Like, how would you feel if a stranger told that to your bestie? You would feel angered. You would feel defensive. You'd go like, oh my God, you are crazy. She's gorgeous. What are you talking about? Get out of here. 
Yet we let this voice say these things to us over and over and over again without once challenging it, once even considering that it's problematic and simply accepting and thinking that this is what's supposed to happen in our own brains. It's mm. nuts. So to answer your question, like, why does this happen? It's complex and there's a number of reasons. Um, one school of thought is that it's the internalized voice of the parent. So, you know, our parents are always telling us the things that we've done wrong in an effort to school us and teach us. And we internalize that voice and we continue to tell ourselves things that are wrong, even when it may not necessarily serve us. And we tend to hold on to this voice because we think that it motivates us. We think that it's supposed to be there and that it's pushing us to do better and you know, be the best form of ourselves. But actually it's not. Every time you hear this voice, it is demotivating. It is like sapping you of your energy and your will and your abilities and desires. It's actually not something that motivates us. It's something that pulls us down. Mm. And I think specifically for women, we, are, we grow up with the kind of myth of the good girl. And I know for me, this is really true. I felt like I needed to be a good girl to be loved. And so you kind of have this running checklist of all of the things you need to do and all the people you need to please in order to be the person who can be loved or be the person who can be accepted or liked. And that just becomes utterly exhausting. I think when you bring in the awareness, you can start to make changes. Like I said, I didn't, I didn't bring in the awareness until I sat down and was like, oh God, you know, I mean, it takes hearing it and then being like, okay, now I can make the change. So many people aren't even aware that that's, that program is running. So thank you for that. This episode is sponsored by BioLite. When you're feeling nauseous, recovering from a workout, or even have a bad go of morning sickness, your body is depleted and dehydrated. You don't need excess sugars, dyes, and calories found in many popular hydration products. You need medical-grade hydration that was made to work. You need BioLite, the world's first IV in a bottle. Just one bottle of BioLite has seven and a half times more electrolytes than leading sports drinks with only one-third of the sugar. Plus, it's made with dextrose, a natural sugar that helps with fatigue without making you feel sluggish. BioLite also is made with clean ingredients like ginger root to help reduce nausea, B vitamins for energy, and milk thistle to help your body get rid of toxins. When you need hydration without sacrificing quality and convenience, BioLite is the answer. It's the best great choice for soon-to-be mothers, athletes, those recovering from illness, or anyone just trying to stay hydrated and get healthy. Ready to experience BioLite for yourself? Visit drinkbiolite.com to find a retailer near you. Yeah, and that's really the basis of meditation, that step one is bringing an awareness to your thoughts. So most of us go through our life on autopilot, just assuming the thoughts in our head are the thoughts that are there and that that's what's supposed to happen. And it's through practicing meditation for sometimes the first time that you sit down and you have a thought and for the first time you say, hey, I don't need to follow that thought. I can actually just see the thought that I'm having and perhaps be shocked by the thought and then choose to put your mind elsewhere. Choose to put your mind onto something neutral like your breath rather than following it. And all of a sudden you have changed your relationship to your thoughts. Mm. And the next step after that is typically that, you know, you don't, you can have a choice about what those thoughts are and you can have a choice about what those thoughts say about you. And that is such a profound moment. Yeah, I think that's the perfect word for it. I mean, that is life changing. Um, how would you how would you bring this to a child? I have I have two boys, five and eight. 
I've started to try and get them to sit for a minute or two in meditation. How would you bring all of these high level ideas to them so they can kind of digest it and start implementing it now? Sure. So there's a few different aspects to meditation that you can bring to a child. One is just the act of being able to calm yourself. So I started teaching my son to use three breaths when he was really young. So whenever he'd really want something, you know, like tablet or whatever it was, he would have to do three deep breaths before he could have it. And so very early on, it was like three deep breaths. Then you reinforce, how do you feel after those breaths? Do you feel calmer? So you begin to teach them that there are things that they can do to emotionally self-regulate. Then I ask him, you know, what do you have a choice about how you want to calm yourself if he's feeling anxious? And, you know, he'll often choose, I want three deep breaths, you know, choice three deep breaths, hug, all the things that you can do. Another aspect of meditation is emotional awareness. And, you know, most mothers now are really, really good at doing this, at just labeling their feelings for their kids. I see you're feeling angry. I see you're feeling frustrated um, and make that totally okay and give people, give the child space to be able to have that emotion and then be able to discuss emotions and have emotions be things that we talk about regularly. And then on the actual sort of seated meditation side, there are some great apps. We have an app called Meditation Studio and it has a whole kids collection and so I do guided meditations with my kid and they're, they're lovely. They're more like guided visualizations. And so, you know, he can be floating on a magic carpet or feeling uh, different colors of the rainbow as different emotions and feelings that he can resource himself with. And then on the thought side, you can start to teach children that they, first of all, have them have an awareness of their thoughts. You know, they have a brain and the brain is doing the thinking. And reinforce things like you had it. You had an idea. That's a good thought. Start start to talk about the contents of their mind is in a way that they can conceptualize it, and ask them to make choices about what they want to think about. Mm. So I see you're thinking about that. Could do we want to try thinking about something else right now? And so you can make choices about the kind of thinking. You know, this just occurred to me, but I haven't thought yet about actually teaching a child about their inner dialogue. And the voice that goes on inside their head, um, I don't know at what age that becomes appropriate because, to some degree, you know, you they have the voice of the, they have the voice of the parent that they have to listen to. Right. So I don't I don't know what they're in, you know when you start to shift from the internalized voice of the parent to the voice inside your head, which is positive when you're a child because it helps you self regulate, but not necessarily so positive when you're an adult when it begins to go into overdrive. But you can begin to, you know, introduce these concepts at a very young age, helping them be aware of their emotions, understand that they can self-regulate, giving them tools to self-regulate like breaths. Yeah, starting with fun meditations and visualizations. And then, of course, modeling it as an adult. You know, my kid will go and when he was three, he would go and close his eyes for three, 30 seconds. I mean, probably wasn't 30 seconds, probably 15 <laughs> seconds. And he'd squish them tight, really, really tight and be like, I'm meditating. <laughs> Mommy, one minute, I'm meditating. They didn't Aww. totally get what it was, but you know, started to set the model for, um, for the structure of the action um, for the substance to then follow. I think that's so brilliant. But it's like, how do you draw the line between protecting and, and trying to write your child you know, towards good behavior and 
causing a negative inner inner monologue. Like it's just for me, it's it's such a hard hard line. It's so hard. It's something I struggle with myself personally. And you want to help them self regulate. You need to. It's your job as a parent. Um, but you also don't want them to self deprecate through it or to have a negative sense of self. And you know, one of the ways to to help maintain that sense of self is to reinforce the love always reinforce that they are loved even when they've done something wrong and, and say that, you know, even though you did this bad thing, I still love you and I always love you. And, you know, reinforce it physically with hugs and praise and, and it will seem so counterintuitive when they've done something wrong, but they still need to know that they are not a bad person. It was just a bad action. Yeah. And that separation is really key. You know, I love you. The thing you did was not good and that's what needs to be corrected but I so deeply and completely love you and you are so worthy and worthy of love. Wow. That's really good. And I think too, that disarms that thought, like I need to be perfect in order to be loved. Like that knocks that out right there. You know, like I'm already whole, I'm already loved. Yep. If only people, if if only parents would have done that for all of us crazy ladies who felt like we needed to be perfect in order to be loved. (laughs) Right. Right. But I think even like listening to an episode like this, listening to you, like, it is changing. It is changing that mindset slowly. We're, we're planting seeds right now. I'm, I'm getting planted in my own mind, honestly. <laughs> oh, amazing. Yeah. So let's, let's uh, transition a little bit. Let's talk about sleep. Um, obviously, sleep is huge for brain health, for mood, for hormones, for everything. Um, what, what have you studied on sleep and what do you know that we don't know? I can tell you all sorts of fun stuff on sleep. Um, Sleep became an area of interest for us because one of the things that we noticed was people were using Muse as they were falling asleep in order to help them sleep better. So Muse is typically a meditation tool and people were applying this meditation tool to help them quiet their mind before bedtime so they could fall asleep. And so then we went and actually built this beautiful purpose-built device called Muse S that gives you these guided meditations to help you fall asleep and also builds a soundscape from your body. So it builds sounds from your uh, movement, your brain activity, and your heart, and actually entrains your bio signals to slow down in a way that's designed to help you fall asleep faster. So it is like beautifully relaxing and just guides you into sleep. That's so cool. I just love the work that you're doing. For the woman listening who has tried meditation, has kind of fallen off the wagon, she wants to get back on, what are some rock solid things that she can do starting today to, to establish a meditation practice, to, to bring in the most health for her brain, for her body, for her spirit? Awesome. Step one, let go of all judgment about what meditation is or should be. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter how you sit. It doesn't matter what mantra you're saying. It's okay. It's all okay. Like let, let, let the pressure off. Nothing about meditation has to be perfect. Your mind's going to wander all over the place. All of our minds do. That is completely okay. So you want to choose a time of day that's going to be easy for you. Like just make it as easy on yourself as possible. Choose a time of day that's going to be easy for you. Start with an amount of time that seems doable for you. And that can literally be three minutes. Do three minutes, three days in a row. Then increase it to five minutes. Then increase it to seven minutes. Or stay at five minutes for six months. That's fine. You just want to try to do it every day, ideally in the same time, so that you can build a habit and build it into your day as a regular part of your day. You don't know how to meditate. I'm about to describe it. It's quite easy. What you want to do is you want to put your attention on your breath 
eventually your mind will wander away from your breath and you're going to notice you're having thoughts. And then instead of following those thoughts, you choose to bring your attention back to your breath and then rinse and repeat. So keep sticking with your breath until you have thoughts. Instead of following those thoughts, come back to your breath. Now, this sounds very easy, but it can be quite frustrating because your mind will bounce all over the place and you just accept that that's what's happening and that's okay. And just like anything, it's a practice. You just keep coming back to your breath and back to your breath. And as you do that, you're building your mind's ability to stay here in the present moment, which is where your breath breath is, here, here and now. You're not going to be in your wandering thoughts, which are often negative and ruminative. You're going to be able to make choices about the contents of your own mind. And you're going to be deep, breathing deeply, which is going to signal to your whole body that you can relax. Mm. As you do this practice, you know, day after day, you're going to start to see the benefits trickle through your body, your mind, and your life. It's so true. Like when I'm on a really strong meditation, you know, schedule, I feel completely different than when I've fallen off the wagon myself. Um, do you ever like imagine that prefrontal cortex, like getting bigger? Do you like do that kind of visualization ever? I mean, it's like going to the gym for your brain. It is 100% going to your, to the gym for your brain. Um, and it's work. You, you are working out the muscles of your brain and that's great. Mm, I love that. Oh, I love that. Um, oh, I have to ask you really quickly. What was the process like getting on the TED stage? Oh, um, so it's, it's scary actually as somebody who I speak on stage all the time and it's really normal for me to be in front of thousands of people and I don't feel nervous or scared. Ted is an organization that puts so much pressure on you. Like this has got to be the best time of your entire life. (laughs) That perfectionism goes into hyperdrive. Yeah. You know, usually, usually my, I've quite checked the perfectionism, but that was just like the one thing that, that really pressed the button. Um, but it's, it's amazing. It's an amazing opportunity and an amazing organization. How did you feel after it was all done? Um, were you happy? Were you happy with it? Yes. Yeah. Thrilled, elated. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm, I'm lucky to be somebody who, after I do something loves it, I love what I have produced as opposed to goes back in and criticizes it. I've spent many years working on quieting my inner critic. Mm, I love that. Okay. So I do have some rapid fire questions for you. Sure. If you're ready. Muse is a brain sensing headband that gives you real-time feedback on your meditation to help you start or enhance your practice. I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for everything in my life. Oh my God. Like I can't even start to tell you how many things I'm grateful for. I'm here in the middle of a pandemic and I am grateful for my small house and my tiny backyard, which now feels so huge because I have one and all the food in my fridge and my husband and my amazing relationship with my child and the fact that I get to live and breathe and exist and for technology and glasses and and all of the unbelievable comforts that we have in our life and all the ways that we get to express and engage our relationships through the facility of our lives. Mm, And last one. What's something that you've learned in life that you wish someone have told you earlier on? That it's okay to fail, that you don't need to know everything, that you don't need to be the best, you're loved just for you. So how can our audience find you online, purchase Muse, find out more about all of the work that you're doing? Sure. So you can find Muse at choosemuse.com. 
You can find me on Instagram at Ariel's Musings and at Choose Muse. And you can also find the podcast I co-host called Untangle at uh, Untangle Podcast on any of your favorite players. And there's a particular exercise that I've guided called Kill Your Inner Critic. Um, So just scroll through the past episodes and find the Kill Your Inner Critic. It actually takes you through a step-by-step exercise to take your inner critic out of your head, squish it, um, shift your relationship to it, tell it to get lost and never have to hear from it again. Beautiful. I'm going to go search that after we get done with this. Ah, Thank you so much, Ariel. This was so enlightening. Um, There were so many profound things that you said. So thank you from the bottom of my heart, from my listeners. Thank you for all the work that you're doing. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. This has been lovely. You've been listening to the Motherhood Unstressed podcast, and I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so grateful that we got this time together today. And if you love this episode, I would so appreciate it if you would share it out on your social media. Make sure to tag us at Motherhood Unstressed. Connect with us at Motherhood Unstressed. I'd love to connect with you uh, and see where the work has gone in the world. And make sure that you subscribe so that you never miss out on an amazing interview with an incredible guest or our weekly guided meditations every Wednesday. This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer.